RadioInfluence.com Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10-12-60 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. So glad you could join us this week as we get set to play ball. Today, I want to start the show with a question. What is your talent worth? When it comes to elite sport, we know the name of the game is value. What value do you bring to the table? How can you contribute to the success of your team or your organization? Well, if you follow Major League Baseball, you get a serious indication what talent is worth these days. We've seen some massive contracts this offseason as we work our way through this COVID madness. We're going to look at the big money, who got it, and why. And then we're going to talk about getting ready for the upcoming season. We'll talk player performance and preseason preparation with crush favorite Donovan Santez, Assistant Director of Player Health and Performance for the New York Yankees. And then later in the show, we're going to lay out the crush teams, players, and storylines that we're following this year, and we'll explain to you why. We have a funny feeling it's going to be a fantastic year in baseball. If you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, please reach out to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so. Share it with your friends. At Jeff Crush is our handle there. And on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you can search out Crush Performance and we'll hook up there. We have a new website coming. We're going to keep you posted on that. It's going to be very exciting. A lot of new things on the website and a lot of new ways to communicate. I can't wait to share some of the stuff we're going to be doing coming up later in the spring. All right, let's get back to last week's show. As promised, we asked you if you had one word you could use to describe yourself, what would it be? If you're introducing yourself to a new group or a new team, and you had to give them an idea of what you're all about with one single word, what would that word be? We posted the question on all of our social media platforms, and let me tell you, there were some great words out there. Really, really great stuff. And I was looking forward to seeing what you guys would say. That's why I didn't share my word last show. I didn't want to influence you with my word. But boy, oh boy, you guys have some really great descriptive words. I need to get to know more of you (laughs) for crying out loud. Some great things out there. Thanks for all of your input. And as promised, my word. And I came up with this word without any hesitation. As we were laying out the show for last week, this, this idea came up and boom, one word popped into my head. One word that describes, I think, who I am and what I'm all about. And then, of course, afterwards, I sort of sat there and went, hey, is that the best word to describe me? And and I don't think I'd change it. And even this week now, after seeing everybody's words, I still think my word, and some of you guys did use this word as well. Um, so we've got a little, bit of a, uh, a little bit of a theme going on with some of us. But um, my word is loyal. If there was one word I would use to sort of introduce myself to people who I don't know and they don't know me, this is the one word I would use, loyal. And I think if I had two words, I would say fiercely loyal. But with one word, that would be it for me. Now, I think back when I was younger, that word might have been different. I'm a little bit older now, and I think you know I'm pretty solid with where I'm at and what I'm trying to do and what I represent. 
And I think that's a good one for me personally. There were some great ones out there. Reliable, caring, fun, focused, relentless, leader. So many good ones. And there's more, plenty more. And again, if you want to share yours, please reach out. Again, info at Crush Performance. That's Crush with a K if you don't want to share it. But on on the social media platforms, let us know. Still, there's some really, really good ones out there. It's an important task, ladies and gentlemen. Understanding what you're all about. Think about it. If you're not sure what you're all about, how can anybody else know what you're all about? If this is not very, very clear, it's going to be difficult to move forward with purpose. We know from last week, we're not very good at self-evaluating, you know, but it's very important in the developmental process to have a good idea of what you're all about. So you can work through the process so you can make the mistakes. So you have a foundation to work from. And again, that word may change as you develop. I would like to, you know, what I should have done is we should have asked uh, the age of the people who are throwing in these words. I wonder if we would see different words for different age groups. Well, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to do this with all of my athletes at every single level. Just going to ask them, hey, what word would you use for yourself? And then, of course, as we work with our athletes over the years, I'm going to see if that word changes. I know for me, again, I kind of referenced it earlier, you know, going back, thinking if I was younger, I would probably use a different word, like something like gritty or, or tough or, you know, hardworking. Well, that's two words, but you get what I'm saying. But then as you mature, grow, get a little more experience, your perception changes because you get more worldly, right? You get a better idea of what's going on out there and how you fit into the big picture or how you want to fit into the big picture may be more important. And that all happens with development. But to chase down your goals and objectives and work with purpose every day, you need to be able to self-evaluate. You need self-evaluation, both internally is evaluating yourself and external evaluation as well. You need feedback from others, hard, gritty, truthful feedback. Get rid of all the fluff around you. Don't let anybody talk fluff to you. Don't let anybody, anybody talk you up. Get a pat in the back when you do things well, but let's get the harsh reality in there because that is where the true self-reflection happens, all right? It has to be part of your program. At the end of the day, it's all about that one big question we had a few weeks ago. How do we make you better? Well, you got to understand what you're all about to really get a clear picture of where you want to go and how you're going to get there, right? And all those different words and all those different self-evaluations, hey man, all those different self-images, all those different words, descriptions of ourselves, any one of those can work their way to greatness. You just have to go through the process. But there comes a time when you have to choose which direction you're going to go. And if you're going to get serious about something, if you have something you want to accomplish, you're going to chase down a dream, you pick a sport, and you go for it. Well, when you get to those elite levels, the mindset kind of changes a little bit. It goes from how do we make you better to how do we increase your value? Because your skills, your talent, your value, that's the true currency of elite sport. And while your skills and talent are highly valued in the big picture, they're not the only currency out there. There are so many things beyond talent and skill that goes into becoming a top performer. I think sometimes this is where we start losing sight of what it's really all about. It's about the big picture, your true value. Everything you bring to your table and your skills and talent are only part of it. You have all those intangibles that we talk about, the character, your attitude, you know, are you a team player? Are you 
internal? Are you external? Do you play for yourself or do you play for the numbers? Do you play for the team? All of these things come into play. Are you coachable? Are you still looking to get better? This is all value. All of these things add to your value. And as important as the technical, tactical skills are and the athlete development that pushes those technical and tactical skills to new levels, there are other things that also need to be addressed. And that's why, you know, we always say that those top performers up there, the ones that have worked their way through the system and somehow risen to the top, they are special. They're special because they've gone through the process and they've made themselves valuable. If you look at the top players right now in the sport you love, try to break down all of the attributes that makes them special, all of the things that makes them valuable. When we talk about helping athletes get better, especially when they're sort of in that high-performance pipeline, all right, when they're serious about a sport and they have a goal of achieving something spectacular, the question then becomes, how do we increase your value and your skills and your talent and your ability to play and the performance outcomes you create are part of that picture, but there's so much more. Your value, this is the true currency of elite sport. And when we talk about how much is that value going for in the open market these days, oh man, it is truly alarming. When it comes to professional sport, you might think it's about wins and championships. And in the big picture, yes, that is the end game for sure. But to get to those, you do need talent. You need talented individuals that bring value to the table. But let's make something clear. It's not always the most skilled or the most talented that get the job done. You know, this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from all time from the late and great John Wooden. He said, a player who makes a team great is better than a great player. And that is full circle back to what we were just saying. It's not always the most talented or the most skilled players that bring true value to a team. We can have players that have okay talent, okay skills, okay performance, but with so many other valuable attributes, they can't help but bring success to the team or organization. And those are the players you want to look for. Now, if you get a highly skilled player that brings a ton of other value to the table, well, now you got a superstar. And we've all seen those great players who teams can't wait to get rid of because they're just not helping the team win. Right? We've seen those players. We could probably name a bunch of them right now. So, you know, it's not always the great talent that wins the game. And there are many great examples, but none better than we've seen recently in the game of baseball. And let's shift to baseball because, listen, that's what we're talking about right now. Let's look at the World Series last year. You had the Dodgers playing the Rays. Now, the Dodgers are number one in Major League payroll. Last year, they were $229.2 million on that field where the Rays were at $45 million, $229 million to $45 million. Think about that. Yes, the Dodgers did win the World Series, but boy, oh boy, the Rays could have won the World Series. The fact that they were in the World Series wasn't a mistake either. They didn't just, they didn't just get there. They got there with a small payroll, but a roster full of incredibly valuable players. Value is the name of the game. Talent and skill are only part of the value picture. So many athletes, coaches, and organizations miss this fact. 
I mean, look at the playoffs last year, the expanded playoffs in Major League Baseball, 16 teams. Seven of those 16 teams were in the bottom half of payroll. Great teams with very little money on the payroll compared to these giant behemoths who are spending hundreds of millions. But the small payroll teams understand talent, development, and true value, finding finding value every possible place they can. So it's kind of a mixed up world we're in. If top talent doesn't necessarily mean success, but top talent does mean money, there seems to be a disconnect here. Bottom line is, if you can work your way to the top, if you can build your value to the point where you're playing amongst the best, man, it is great work if you can get it. Let's have some fun here. If we look at the average salary, sport by sport, the NBA leads the way. The average salary in the NBA is $8.3 million. The Indian Premier Cricket League is number two on the list, believe it or not. In U.S. dollars, the average player in that league gets paid $5.3 million. Major League Baseball is third on the list. The average player is making $4 million. The European Premier Soccer League, $3.97 3.97 million in the NFL. The average player is getting paid 3.26 million. Then you skip a couple. The NHL is 2.69. Major League Soccer is right around 400,000 and the CFL 90,000. You know, we always say it on this show. The athletes that make it to the top, they are special. They've made themselves valuable in some ways. They're not always the most talented, right? We've seen great talent that has just never risen to the top. Because they don't bring full picture value to the, to, the, to the game or to the team or to the table, so to speak. But for those that do manage to break through, man, it is great, great work if you can get it. There's not very many people that can get there. And that's one of the reasons that the people who are there are very special, right? And while baseball was third on the average salary list, I think they are number one in highest paid players. In the players that make over $20 million. I mean, if you look at some of the deals that happened this offseason, Mookie Betts, the Dodgers give Mookie Betts a 12-year deal worth $365 million. And then, of course, the Padres more recently sent shockwaves through baseball as they they signed uh, Tatis Jr. to a 14-year deal, 14 years worth $340 million. We're going to be watching that one. With great interest. Later in the show, again, we're going to be talking about storylines, teams, and players to watch. The Padres, here's a little spoiler for you. Spoiler alert. The Padres are on our list for a number of reasons. Okay? But that deal with with, with uh, Tatis Jr., all right, $340 million over 14 years. Man, oh man, that is a groundbreaking deal. 14 years. Now, he is young. He's just starting out. We're hoping he has continued success. I like him. He is a character player for sure. So we're hoping that they do have great success there. But if we look at the players, the top paid players in Major League Baseball, let's just look at the top three. Okay. Mike Trout. He is the top paid player. Listen, Mike Trout is a boatload of value. He is just a character guy on the field, off the field, in the clubhouse. He is just the full package, no doubt about it. And that's why he is the highest paid player in baseball. He is also incredibly skilled and brings a lot to the game in terms of his talents. He is getting paid $37.7 million this year. His contract is 12-year contract for $426 million. That's one of the biggest contracts in the history of sport right there. Number two is Garrett Cole. 
Pitcher for the Yankees, of course, the Yankees always have deep pockets, but they're willing to spend to get what they need. It's one thing I always appreciate about the Yankees. They've had incredible success. Garrett Cole is going to be part of that puzzle for them. He is getting paid $37 million flat this year. He has a nine-year deal worth $324 million. Number three is Max Scherzer. Okay, one of my favorite pitchers, maybe of all time. I just like how he operates. And I don't know him personally, but just watching and seeing how he operates off the field um, and his intensity on the field, I really like him. And that's another reason he is a value, value player. Incredibly skilled, but depths of value. All right, he is getting paid $35.9 million this year on a seven-year, $210 million contract. You could look at the top 10, but Major League Baseball has the highest paid group of players in any sport out there. And so it goes, you know, if we look at the top paid players in all of sport, believe it or not, Roger Federer, an individual sport like tennis. Okay. Roger Federer was the top earner last year in 2020. He made $106 million on the circuit endorsements. That's everything included, of course, but $106 million, Roger Federer. Number two is Ronaldo who raked in, $105 million. And so it goes. It is great, great work if you can get it. And if that's your dream, if that's something you want to try to chase down again, we don't know who's going to get there. We have some ideas, but trust me, we don't know until you go through the process. We've seen athletes come out of nowhere and just dominate sport and have great careers. Not because they're the most skilled, because they brought a ton of value. And then we've seen some of the greatest talents just fall off the face of the earth. And that's frustrating because they've just missed so many important things that make athletes great, make players great. And I believe one of those really important things is self-awareness, knowing who you are, knowing what you're all about, knowing where you want to go, and also having great people around you to help you get there. But if you're not sure of who you are or what you're all about, man, it's going to be really, really hard for anybody else to help you. And that's why that one word exercise is so important. Again, for me, The one word for me right now, and I think it's pretty locked in now for for the rest of my days, is loyalty. Loyal. That's my word. All right? What's your word? Let me know if you haven't already. Uh, And if you don't want to, just think about it for yourself. It's a real important exercise. The self-evaluation part of our programs turns out to be really, really important. All right, we got to cut out for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start getting you ready for the baseball season. We're going to talk with our good friend and crush favorite, Donovan Santos, Assistant Director for Player Health and Performance with the New York Yankees. Right after this on Crush Performance, everybody, let's get ready to play ball. This is Crush Performance. If you have questions, comments, or smart remarks, write to us at crushperformance.com. This is the last time this year. So let me hear you, good and loud. All right, Gary, all one, all two, all three, take me out to the Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody, as we are kicking off the baseball season here in grand style as Major League Baseball spring training is well underway down south and as the snow starts to melt up north. We have to talk about getting ready for the upcoming season. Fingers crossed it's all going to go without a hitch in this COVID landscape. But if all goes as planned, we will see a baseball season this year. And hopefully if you're a player at any level, you'll be seeing one too. Hey, if you have questions, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Follow me on Twitter 
at Jeff Crush. And on all other social media platforms, you can search out Crush Performance and we can hook out there. Yes, you need to take time to get ready for your sport. And I'm talking about your season. And no sport is like baseball in terms of preparation, mainly because of that throwing motion. You really do need to take the time to progress and get ready for the season, regardless of what your season looks like. And there's so many things you can do to decrease your risk of injury and increase your performance, especially if you use your time effectively. How much time do you need? What should you be doing? Well, to help us set all of that up, I'm really happy to introduce our good friend and crush favorite, Donovan Santos, the assistant director of player health and performance with the New York Yankees. Donovan, listen, I know you guys are hopping down there as spring training's well underway. I'm really glad we were able to connect. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Crush, great to hear from you, man. Yeah, we just got going. Uh, two days into camp, rocking and rolling now. Yeah, baseball is back, and boy, oh boy, it's an exciting time of the year, especially, Donovan, in this COVID, in this COVID landscape. I'm telling you right now, um, you know, going back to last year, it was such... Such an incredible landscape. And for baseball to actually pull it off, I think was not only good for the players, I, I think it was really, really good for society to have you know some form of normal, uh, to see the guys out playing, even though there were no fans in the stands, just to see the game going on. I think it was really therapeutic in a lot of ways. So, hey, listen, hats off to you and everybody at Major League Baseball for making that happen last year. Yeah, no, it was a real challenge. I mean, uh, the pandemic is real and it's everywhere and it affects everybody. And, you know, so it was it was a huge challenge to to make it happen. But uh, kudos to all those that, that put all their work into it to make it happen and, and diligency to, to prevent it from, you know, really going sideways on us. But um, we're super happy that we completed the season and uh, now looking forward to being able to put together a full season. Yeah, and last season, you know, across the board, uh, it was a it was an exciting year of baseball. You know, different landscape, but to see the competitive edge in the players, you know, they're playing no fans in the stand. We know how tough that must have been, uh, but to see the level of play across the board, uh, the expanded playoffs, uh, it was just a fantastic. I think it was fantastic for the game. Um, but I got to talk to you about this. We know the minor league season didn't happen. And that affected a lot of people top to bottom. Uh, but let's talk about the players and their performance, Donovan. This was a real, real challenge for the players, uh, despite where they're at in their career. Um, a real tough time to manage uh, an entire uh, uh, missed competitive season. Man, crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be really difficult for a lot of players. You know, I think the, the uncertainty going into it of not really knowing what was going to happen with the season – and then uh, really not knowing what they were preparing for. You know, I think a lot of them uh, early on, you know, we ran into a lot of players that just had limited to no uh, accessibility to any kind of gyms or, or anything like that. So it was really bare bones, body weight stuff, just keeping them moving. And then, you know, it slowly progressed into, you know, where they could get into some facilities. But again, they didn't really know what they're preparing for. And then before you knew it, the season was over and we knew, you know, we weren't going to, have anything at least until this year and we didn't even know if we're gonna have anything this year so there was really this long period of, of uncertainty and guys didn't know what they're preparing for so some guys absolutely took advantage of this time you know to, to invest in their body and and put that time in and that work in and they're they're without a doubt going to see the, you know going to see the results on the field when it comes an opportunity for them to get out there you know and hopefully uh you know hopefully most of them did that 
We're talking with Donovan Santos, the assistant director of player health and performance at the New York Yankees. You know, Donovan, we did a show early in this uh, crazy COVID pandemic called The Kids of COVID. And we were just looking at the impact of schools shutting down, sports shutting down, drama programs shutting down, music programs shutting down, all these things that were sort of just just put to the side. Um, and we were kind of really, really conscious of the mental impact it was having as these kids kind of lost their identity, their 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 outlets and their, I guess, um, uh, their endeavors were just sort of taken away from them. The mental side of this, it made a big, this might be one of the most incredible challenges we may ever face as a society. Do you, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, no, that's probably one of the most overlooked areas too, where I think people just um, brush it aside or don't, don't, don't think about it as much as they probably should, because it is real. It is so real. The isolation that goes with this, uh, the isolation that's necessary to, to, to tamper down this, this disease that's spread everywhere across the world. That's the only way we can rid it. Um, but it, it requires people to isolate themselves from other people. And, and, you know, I think by nature, we're social people and we want to be social. We want to do things. We want to get out there. We want to experience things. And we just haven't, we haven't been able to do that. And, um, you know, just like the players, we haven't been given a timeline of, of when this, when COVID will be gone, you know, and, and, uh, and so we're all living in this world of uncertainty and it's, it's affected so many people and it's a very, very difficult very difficult time for for kids and adults and everyone yeah i think there's a lot of power in knowing that you're not alone in your hardships you're not alone in your frustrations you're not alone in your longing for sport you know there you're you're in you're we're in it together you know and and that's kind of the attitude that i think's really helped a lot of people through 100 percent. you know because it's true you know i mean you look across the street at your neighbors and you look at everybody else everyone's going through the same thing and it's not just a regional thing you know, it's not a Canada thing. It's not a U.S. thing. It's not a, you know, European thing. It's an everywhere thing. Everyone in the world is going through this and, and through the same thing, which uh, I guess gives you gives you a little bit of solace to know that you're not in it alone, but it doesn't make it any easier. Amen to that. Amen to that, Donovan. So, you know, over the years, you and I have had some very, very serious conversations about player performance, not just helping players get better, especially at that elite level. It's so much fun, but also... Um, the task of minimizing injuries in sport. Now, we know that at the youth levels, injuries across the border are on the rise. The pro levels, we're still dealing with our issues there. One of the conversations that kind of came out of this COVID shutdown, Donovan, it was really, really interesting to me. And, and I've really been looking forward to sharing this with you. Uh, we talked with uh, Dr. Eric Holt uh, from the University of Alberta. And um, he, he mentioned something that was really interesting. We were talking about the fact that now the games aren't going on. You know, it's a great opportunity. And that's the way we've been trying to frame this for everybody. To focus on the technical, tactical game. To focus on your athleticism and the athlete side of, of development. But he also said that, you know, in, in our conversation, we talked about the fact that there's no games going on. There could be a real silver lining here. And he, he, he sort of dropped the, the phrase on us, the COVID technical advantage. And what their study is watching now is we climb our, climb our way out of COVID is they're going to be watching uh, the skill level of athletes to see if indeed, you know, all this time dedicated to technical, tactical work and athlete development is not only going to maybe impact and raise the level of of, of of skills, performance outcomes, and talent levels, but maybe, maybe also we're going to see a huge reduction in the number of injuries because we haven't been overscheduled. Um, you know, at the youth levels, <clears throat> you and I have talked about this. I, I wanted to run that by and just sort of get your impressions on that. Yeah, no, I think you spot on with that. You know, I think uh, we've, we've constantly urged, you know, 
youth athletes to try and and play multiple sports and do a lot of different things and try to be good at a lot of different things, move in a lot of different directions and be able to do a lot of different things and not, not really limit themselves to one movement and repetitive, you know, uh, competition of the same thing over and over and over. And, uh, you know, pulling that out, I think, you know, is requiring people to do things that they're not used to and, and be able to, to adjust and adapt, which is exactly what sport is, right? Um, you need to be able to adjust and adapt and, and, and be adaptable and be moldable and, and you know, conform to, to whatever situation you're in, not be so rigid. Yeah, it's, it's a real interesting time. So I am looking forward to spring training here. I can't wait for professional baseball to get underway. But the baseball world is coming to life right down to the grassroots, Donovan. And this is such a good time to talk to everybody, you know, because typically the pro guys, you guys sort of lead the way. Everybody's going to be watching with great interest and everybody's going to start getting anxious to get out on the field. Uh, but we have to prepare for the game of baseball. We have to get our, our bodies ready for the game of baseball. And, and especially for the throwing motion. It is such a unique, it's such a unique movement and, and makes baseball one of those really, really um, uh, challenging sports in terms of not just performance, but injury prevention as well. Uh, we know how passionate you guys are about getting ready for the season. Uh, for all those players, coaches, and organizations who are listening to the show here, Donovan, what are some of the things that you like to see in terms of time frames and uh, scaling up preparation for for the season of baseball? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, under a normal progression, you're you're looking for a throwing program. You know, if your spring training is going to be the middle of February, you're looking for a throwing program that's going to start in December, or you know, sometimes it's a little bit earlier and sometimes a little bit late. But generally speaking, sometime around December, um, you're going to be doing uh, some mound sessions beginning in January. Um, you know, and, and typically, you know, you're, you're going to have anywhere from four to six mound sessions before you, uh, report to spring training and, and then, uh, live BPs and, and building up from games on there. Um, probably what we're going to notice, um, across youth sports and everywhere throughout the world is you're not going to be able to follow that normal, um, really comfortable progression that, that you've always done in the past. And, and so I think the worst thing you could do is just go from zero to, to, to full speed, you know, and, and so I think across the world, I think you're going to have to just take it a little bit slower and understand that um, a lot of time has been missed and a lot of uh, a lot of the normal preparation that you've put in over the over the course of time is probably not there in terms of skill specific. Well, we know that we like to take time, especially with our picture, pitchers, to build up the volume of throwing so they can be ready for the season. And, of course, you're right, so right, missing that entire year last year of baseball, which, which happened for a lot of kids around the world. We're really going to have to maybe take a, a real patient approach as we get ready for this next season. Uh, fingers crossed that it all comes off with, with no issues. Yeah, and no, the key there is to remember that it's, you, know, you, you can't go out and try to be a hero and, and make up make up for a year in, in a month or two. And you have to understand and listen to your body. If, if stuff does not feel right, you know, you don't want to force yourself and fight through it because, um, you know, the time that you could, you could just take it slow and prepare and do it right. is going to be much better spent than, you know, if you have to have a surgery or have to get shut down, uh, you're going to miss, you know, another year. It's, it's going to be like a second year of COVID that you'll be out. So um, really, really, really just got to be uh, comfortable taking it slow and listening to your body and doing it right because it will pay off. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big, big message for the coaches and the organizations that are running all those youth programs and even some of the showcase uh, showcase programs out there. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of businesses now that that uh, really do run incredible showcase tournaments and get, getting the kids exposure and competition. Uh, but we do have to remember to take it slow here because I think we're at a real vulnerable time, uh, especially for our throwing athletes. Without a doubt, and you know, this is something I'm reminded of all the time, like. As soon as you have opportunities to start doing things, it doesn't mean that you should. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and so, you know, just keep that in mind as opportunities that start to present themselves. Um, just because you're given this opportunity to do it, should you do it? Are you ready to do it? Are you prepared to do it? Is it the right thing to do? If not, don't do it. Wait, wait for the right one and do it right. Yeah, we're talking with Donovan Santas, the Assistant Director of Player Health and Performance at the New York Yankees. Donovan, you and I have been around the game of baseball for a long time. Um, man, oh man, I, I honestly don't think, Donovan, that there has been a sport that has changed as much as the game of, of baseball. Even since you and I have known each other in the game of baseball, I just the, the changes that we've seen with the analytics and with the data um, has been, and the statistics has been incredible. The way it's changing how the game is managed, plays, and even the way we're preparing our athletes now has changed. Um, but one thing that's really, really fascinated me is how much we know now about athlete preparation for the game, the strength and conditioning, the psychology, um, the the uh, uh, the neurology and the psychology side of it. I mean, this our knowledge base is so incredible right now, and and it's really interesting to see how that's all now being incorporated for for performance outcomes in sport. What a fascinating time this is! This is exciting, exciting, exciting stuff. There's so much at our fingertips. There's so much available for us, uh, so many opportunities for us to learn and uh, engage with the other uh, coaching departments and, and analytics staff. And there's uh, what, what I think it's done is it is it is enabled and brought in a group of people who are just brilliant and brilliant at what they do uh, in terms of technology or understanding and all this um, and, and brought them into a sport that was hungry, you know, to continue to get better. And it's really cool to see it click because, there, there are some fascinating things happening. And I think even from the fan experience, you know, you see a lot of the telecasts that are, that are changed now with so much information and graphics with Exavilo and, and, um, you know, breaking, breaking, um, X's and Y axes and things like that to the common fan are understanding a lot of these things that we're looking at more. And, and, uh, it's just fascinating what they're, what they're able to do to this game to, to make it as, as interesting and, and just keep growing it like they are. It really does, and you're right. That's a great. That's a great uh, thought. the the fan The fan experience now. This has brought an entirely new dimension to how we can enjoy the game. Not not just from the inside in terms of helping players be at their very best, but also uh, the fans watching these great players, uh, you know, master their craft and take it to new levels. What a great new dimension that is. You're so right. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's super super exciting, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, there, there's just a ton of information, a ton of information and a lot of different ways that you can help, help athletes, help coaches, uh, help all of us, you know, learn and, and get, get better at what we're doing. And yeah. there's just, it's, it's, it's endless. It sure is. Donovan, you know, one of the things that I've always loved about our conversations, um, you know, whether we're looking at all the new advances and all the new technologies that are available out there. Um, it seems like every time we talk, whether we're together or whether we're on the radio show here or just talking on the phone, our conversations always sort of circle back to the fundamentals and the basics. None of this stuff really matters 
unless we're taking care of business uh, from 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 ground zero. And I find sometimes, you know, with all of the things that are going on and the players are getting so good at the professional level, I find, you know, especially maybe at the developmental levels where kids are 13, 14, 15, really starting to focus more maybe on one sport. They're shifting towards baseball as their game. Um, I find a lot of times, and even some of the programs, they're jumping the queue, so to speak, maybe if that's a good term to use, and, um, um, and maybe jumping over some of those critical fundamentals that need to be addressed so you can eventually tap into that high-performance stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think you ever can or will replace the basic fundamentals because even if you do try to jump some steps and get ahead, um, either with technology or, or whatever it is, um, you will ultimately end up back at the basics at some point, you know? So if you have a live arm and you're young and, and you decide to, to jump the basics of preparation and, and strength training and, and, you know, being physically developed, uh, and just play, 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 play and blow up radar guns everywhere. At some point you're going to break down and you're going to spend a year, you know, recovering from surgery. And that's when you'll be working on the basics. So, um, you know, mastering the basics, becoming great at preparation, um, and being ready and, you know, uh, strength training and development and just, uh, going at the speed of your body, uh, will pay off 100% will pay off in the long run. And, you know, I think everyone wants to be, um, you know, far ahead of everyone else, but the reality is, um, you know, late bloomers, uh, have and made uh, a ton of success in this game. So even though you're not, you know, the, the most developed and, and elite 13 year old, uh, in the nation or in your region or anything like that doesn't mean that by 16 or 17 you won't be as good if not better than those kids be patient don't don't uh, give up hope and don't skip the basics oh that is such great advice donovan i love that man uh because you know you start skipping those fundamentals especially when we take a long-term approach to development it will without question i mean it will it will backfire. Eventually, it backfires on you. So building that base and just building on that base is so, so important. Hey, Donovan, one of the things, last thing here, I know you're really busy. Thanks for this. We're talking with Donovan Santas, the Assistant Director of Player Health and Performance for the New York Yankees. Um, you know, whether I'm talking to you or Dana, one of the things that's really, really been helpful I've seen for athletes over this last little bit is the meditation and even the breathing, the calming down. We know that anxiety and stress in the game and sport in general and life in general um, is something that's that's really, really prevalent. But there are so many great, easy strategies that we can incorporate ourselves uh, to help cope with that, whether it's in sport or life in general. And the breathing and the meditation side of things has really, really caught on as a powerful tool to help people deal with some of the pressures and get focused even, right? A hundred percent. And uh, I know Dana said it a thousand times. It's probably her motto at this point, but um, if you could do anything and one thing and, and it, as basic and easy as it is, is just take a good exhale. You know, I think most people think of breathing. They're like, okay, I got to breathe. I got to get as much air in as, as I possibly can. The reality is most people are stuck in inhalation. They're, most people are stuck in a sympathetic state. But if you can take a good exhale, get the ribs to come down and in and back and take a good exhale, it will calm you down. It'll bring you to a parasympathetic state. If you're, if you're competing, you see it all the time. Pitchers on the mound will take that big, that big breath, uh, and exhale, you know, to kind of calm themselves and bring them, uh, composure. Um, but even at the end of the day, just some breathing and really focus on that exhale. It will really, really change things, uh, change things for you. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's something you can easily do. All right, well, Donovan, listen, I know you guys are off to the races here. So great that you guys are in camp. Fingers crossed that things go well. Um, we're really, really rooting for the minor league players this year, and hopefully they get their season in and um, the game continues here. So, listen, Donovan, good luck this spring. Thanks for the time today. Really, really helpful as we get geared up for the season. Great stuff. Thanks, Crush. All right, there you go, everybody. Donovan Santas, the Assistant Director of Player Health and Performance for the New York Yankees. There is a lot to take away there, a lot of great information, such a great conversation. Listen, the one thing I think we really need to pay heed to is the idea of taking our time and making sure we give ourselves enough time to get ready for this upcoming season. Now, I know it's different in different parts of the world. For everybody who's listening, if you're a baseball player or if you're a coach, just make sure that you are sort of timing yourself right for that competitive season. And because we missed an entire year last year, This isn't going to be like a regular season getting ready. So make sure we take that time to get our arms ready, to get physically ready, to avoid any setbacks, and just hit the ground running when it's time to play ball. All right, speaking of playing ball, coming up after the break, we are going to lay out the crushed teams, players, and storylines to watch this year. Um, Are the Yankees on that list? You better believe it. It is going to be a fantastic year in professional baseball. We'll give you our take right after this on Crush Performance. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell. If you want to reach out, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. All right, we are talking baseball. As we are getting set for the season, Major League Baseball is well underway. Just a great conversation there with Donovan Santos. We have a very short segment here, almost out of time. We need two hours on this show. I've decided. we got to figure out how to get two hours because there's just so much to talk about. We talked about value and bringing value to the table and what value is all about. It's the true currency of elite sport. We talked with Donovan about getting ready for your season, but this season is going to be really interesting for a number of reasons. All right. There's still the COVID landscape going on. So major league baseball is working their way through that. Um, We're hoping there's going to be a minor league season. It's going to be delayed a little bit, but for pretty much everybody, except for the big league players who actually got a season in last year or part of a season. Anyway, we are coming into a season that had no previous season. We missed an entire season of competitive baseball. What does that mean for development? Well, we're going to watch and see. Is it going to be, uh, is it going to set us back? Are we going to have to work our way through to get back up to game speed again? Or are we going to fall into the category in our discussion of that COVID technical advantage? Is everybody going to come back and be fresh and ready? And if you were taking the time of the COVID shutdown to work on your technical, tactical skills, to work on your athletic development, the things that are going to make you a better and more coachable and more adaptable player, are we going to see a massive spike in performance? That's my feeling. For those players who took advantage of the downtime, and if you hadn't done that, listen, there's still lots of time left. We know there's a delay for the minor league season. We don't know when... When, when minor baseball and grassroots baseball is going to start up. So there's still time to take advantage of this. But I am expecting to see a huge spike in performance. But that being said, we're going to have to take our time getting ready for this season. All right? But before we go today, 
Uh, for all the crushers out there who listen to the show, you guys know that at the start of every professional season, we like to sort of lay out the crush teams, players, and storylines that we're watching. For everybody new to the show, we do this at the start of every season. And we pick certain stories, certain teams, certain players, and we're watching them. Not because we're hoping that they win necessarily, but because something interesting is going on. Something worthy of our attention in the name of sports science or athlete development. For example, in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns have been one of our top teams to watch for the last six or seven years. Ever since they got the new ownership and they started really trying to turn things around. And then they started an assault on performance. In baseball, teams like the Kansas City Royals way back in 2011. We watched them closely because we knew they were doing something special. And they were deliberately on a small budget trying to attack the World Series. We love that stuff. And player-wise, somebody like Steven Strasburg in the Washington Nationals coming in. Well, here's this fireballer coming in. We knew he had to be managed. We knew he kind of had throwing issues, and we knew his mechanics weren't great. So we're watching how Washington was going to manage and handle Strasburg, and we all knew the great, well, it wasn't a controversy, but the great interest that they created as even going into the playoffs, they limited the number of innings he pitched. Now, he still broke down eventually and had his... Tommy John, and he's one of our players to watch this year because we're hoping he has great success. He's one of the highest played players in baseball, and rightfully so. But, you know, that's an example of of what this crush watch is all about. And this year, man, there's a lot of great things going on in baseball. So let's start here with a few minutes that we have left. I want to really rip through our teams that we're watching this year. We're going to be watching the Angels. Listen, Trout is moving on in his career Like he's getting up there. He's been there forever. I hope he's going to end his career with that team. I just love, I love how we're starting to see players go their entire careers with, with, uh, with the teams they start with. It's great for the fan base. It's great for sport. I do believe. All right. But Hey, the clock is ticking on trout. Can they put a team around trout while he's still hot and he's going to be hot for a while, but while he's still there um, and can they make it happen? The angels are under pressure. Let's see how they handle it. Let's see if they can put it together, and we watch with great interest. Another team we're really, really watching this year is the Mets. Look, this new ownership sounds spectacular. I love it. I've seen every interview that they've done, and I've been watching Sandy Alderson go through the go through the process here. Um, he's a seasoned veteran for sure, but they've already hit some some rocky roads with the hiring and firing of their new GM in a bit of a fiasco, and with the new pocketbook, the new checkbook wide open. They're starting to sign some really interesting players. Lindor being one of them. They're not done. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. Maybe this year they're not going to be successful. But we're into the Mets for the long haul here. We're going to watch them over the next five or six years just to see how it all comes together. And then, of course, we're watching the Dodgers. Listen, the Dodgers are special. In the past 10 seasons, they've made the playoffs eight times. Not just because they have a payroll. And they do. They got a massive payroll. Last year, the biggest in all of baseball. Um, but they're also developing players from within. They have a great, great philosophy. And every one of those high-paid players brings layers and layers of value to the table. I just don't see them stopping anytime soon. They have a perpetual performance machine going there. And we're watching them with great interest. There's a lot to learn from the Dodgers. We're going to be watching the Marlins, of course. The hiring of Kim Ng the first female GM, and our fingers are crossed. We want great success. But listen, 
The Marlins did something incredible last year. Out of nowhere, they weren't a team really for us to watch last year. We weren't. I mean, we had our eye on them, but they weren't one of our main teams to watch. But man, they got into the playoffs way ahead of schedule. We're going to see if that was maybe a one-off or if Kim and the team there can build on that momentum. And we're hoping they do, man. They've got something special going on there. And I think Kim is going to bring something to the table um, that's going to um, push that forward. So we're going to be watching the Marlins for sure. And of course, we're watching the Orioles, Baltimore Orioles. They are literally the Cleveland Browns of Major League Baseball. They have been so bad. And I mean, the worst. They hit rock bottom, but now they're on the rebuild, the total restructuring. I don't think we've seen such a complete rebuild in sport in a long, long, long time, right? They have, they have basically annihilated and destroyed and dismantled the interior of that organization. And now they're building it out again. We're going to watch them and we're into them for the long haul as well. And like Donovan said, it's not what you know, it's who executes it the best. And we're hoping Baltimore can just simply execute. And maybe the one last team we're going to be really focusing on this year uh, are the Nationals. Can they return to glory post-Harper? Of course, they are the old Expos franchise, and we're kind of watching them for our good friend Low Tide as well. He's a huge Nationals fan, but they're always fun to watch. Other teams, of course, we're watching the Braves. The Braves are just really, really good, and they're only getting better. And Alex and the team there are spectacular. What a great move for the Braves getting Alex. And of course they had that whole GM uh, fiasco as well, but now they've come out of that with in really good shape. So we're watching the Braves for sure. We're watching the Yankees. Of course they are going to be really, really good. And while they're not spending as much as they used to, um, there's some strategic things going on there. Talking to Donovan, uh, we know what that looks like. We're watching the Jays. The Jays are an exciting young team. This might be the future of baseball if we really watch this. And the Blue Jays have done a great job. And also internally, from the development side, they have one of the most advanced training facilities in all of sport down in Dunedin, believe it or not. Man, back when I was a strength coach with the Blue Jays, we would ship the equipment down from Toronto. We'd set it up in the groundskeeper shed with fans on, no air conditioning. We had some stuff set up in the outdoor cages and in the groundkeeper's shed so we can get work done with our players. Now, they have one of the most advanced training facilities in all of sport, I think. I can't wait to get down there to see it. But the Jays are going to be fun to watch. So those are our teams. In terms of the players, listen, on the Orioles, we're watching their first rounder, Adley Rushman. Listen, this is a character player who brings huge value. He's young, working his way through the system. Again, they have to balance whether they rush him or... Or, or is he going to be ready? But either way, this is a tough kid with a lot of talent, and we're going to watch him progress and, and of course, see how he impacts that entire franchise. We're watching Trout. We're watching Tadis Jr. And on the Blue Jays' side, we're watching Vlad for a number of reasons. You know, what, what position is he going to play? Where is he going to land? You know, can he play third base? Either way, that bat brings incredible value to that team, and so does his personality and his approach, I think. Just a fun player to watch. Great young player. We're watching, for the Braves, Mike Soroka. Uh, one of our favorite pitchers, good Canadian kid there too. Uh, we're watching him as he returns from his ruptured Achilles. Fingers crossed for Mike Soroka. He's one of the good guys in the game. And listen to me carefully. He is a game changer for that franchise. Had Mike Soroka been healthy in the playoffs last year, I had them going all the way winning the World Series. That's how powerful that young pitcher is. So fingers crossed. We're watching Blake Chanel as he makes the change from the Rays to the Padres. 
We're watching Nate Pearson as well with the Blue Jays. I got to bring up Nate Pearson. Listen, this kid grow, throws gas, and really, our fingers are crossed. Can he stay healthy? And then, of course, Lindor to the Mets. One of my favorite players, Lindor. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is my number one player to watch in all of baseball. So fun. And, of course, with the Braves, this young player is doing great things. In terms of storylines, of course, we're watching the COVID and making sure things are healthy. But more importantly, we're focusing on the minor leagues. They missed an entire year last year. It's going to be delayed spring. They're modifying the travel schedule. And, of course, the contraction of the minor leagues. We'll talk more about this next week because we have to. And then on our second show in March, we're going to dedicate our show to this, talking about the performance pathways in baseball, what minor league contraction means, and what the new MLB Draft League is all about. Is it a great performance pathway for up-and-coming players who are now not going to be drafted? They cut 40 teams from minor league baseball. It's over 1,000 players now not playing or have to, that has to play somewhere else. So lots of great stories to follow there. All right, we are out of time, everybody. Listen, next week, we're going to continue talking value and performance, but we're going to have a serious look at the performance pathways in baseball. We're going to talk with... Carrick Jackson, the newly appointed president of the MLB Draft League, to find out, yes, if that is going to be a valuable pathway for up-and-coming players and how the landscape has changed. It's an exciting time, but it's very unsure. New, anytime things change, things are uncertain, all right? Okay, I want to thank Donovan Santos for joining us. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Again, questions, comments, smart remarks, write to us, crushperformance.com. Until next week, get out there, have some fun, stay safe, but most of all, go get better. We'll talk to you next week right here on Crush Performance. This is a Landry football quick fix on Radio Influence. We're going to educate you on free agency, franchise tags, the different types of tags, what they mean. And we're going to get through as much of it as possible. Then we're going to get to free agents, what certain free agents mean, contracts, voidable years. If you're a fan of the game, you're undoubtedly are going to have some questions about what your team is doing what your team is not doing or what any team is doing or not doing and why and understanding it. And there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that you may not be familiar with. Well, that's what we're going to try to do in a broad brush, give you an understanding of the process, understanding uh, which what I'm going to give you kind of a do's and don'ts of free agent philosophy and kind of uh, do's and don'ts, if you will, really kind of how the whole process kind of comes into form. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.